You know, one of um, my wife and I, as we sought the Lord on behalf of 2021, was what do you want to majorly emphasize at Harvest Church? Well, one of our goals was team leadership development. And so on Wednesday evenings, the third Wednesday of every month, we're teaching from a book, The 21 Most Powerful Minutes in a Leader's Day. And it's foundational scriptural leadership principles in the Word of God that can help us become better leaders. You might say, well, I'm not a leader. Well, wait a minute. Are you alive? Uh, You know who you have to lead first? Yourself. So we're going to learn how to lead ourselves better, right? And then wherever we are, we can, bring, we can bring better leadership into the family and have a positive impact. We can bring, if you're employed somewhere or you might be an employ, employer, uh, you want to bring these principles in to your daily living and, and um, gain leadership principles that will enable you to do more and come up higher and serve people better. So again, this is a great book in case you want to write that down again. It is The 21 Most Powerful Minutes in a Leader's Day by John Maxwell, and uh, we also are teaching our leadership staff every single week. My wife and I are teaching on leadership. So get ready, Harvest Church, to be served better because we are serving, are growing together and serving better. And last time we, um, last time we met to introduce our first leadership teaching for the year, I just said, well, let's just go ahead and give our leadership experiences from about my age where I started leading from 20 all the way up to 56. Tell that person next to you, boy, he and she look great. <laughs> Help us out now. And uh, so, gosh, you mumbled. But um, anyway, these are experiences we've had. We're not just teaching from this book, but we're teaching principles that have helped us extremely. So I just want to introduce the subject matter tonight. And listen to this quote. It says, the single biggest way to impact an organization or a family is to focus on leadership development. And as we oversee ministries in three different states, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, we're seeing that the number one weakest area that churches need to grow in is how to lead someone. They might be able to preach the word. They might be real gifted and have uh, just be charismatic, but When all said and done, leadership, which is influence, helps us to influence a group of people to fulfill a God mandate and to fulfill the vision of the house. So we are not going to be without good leadership in this house because you get what you teach on, right? You might as well just go ahead and say it right now. Say it with me. I'm a leader. I'm I'm coming up. I'm coming up up higher. Yeah, Proverbs 12, 24 says, work hard and become a leader. Oh, I don't like that work hard stuff. Yeah, come on, you do. Work is good for us. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and never succeed. So a lot of this is up to us. We rely on God, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. He helps us, but we exert our effort as well. So we are developing leaders to a new level this year. Now, I will say this. Who was the first person that you needed to learn how to lead? Right? And who's the hardest person you've ever had to learn to lead? (laughs) So this is why we go over things like this. But here's the deal. If you wouldn't follow yourself, why should someone else? You know, what kind of character do you have? Is it worthy to be followed? What kind of leader are you? Are you a dictator? Are you a 
uh, or you are a servant-hearted leader. It matters. I'm going to say that again. If you wouldn't follow yourself, why should anyone else want to follow you? So I'm uh, a leader of myself first for the rest of my life. Everyone has a leadership role in one way or another. So this message is for who? It's for me and it's for you. So here we go. How can I become a better leader? That's the question I ask myself every day of my life. This is John Maxwell speaking in the introduction. He says, I'm consistently searching for new things to learn and ways to grow. But sometimes the best way to learn is to return to the fundamentals. I, I, I participated in, in a lot of athletics when I was growing up and football and baseball and track and Every single year, what was the first thing we did? We would work on the fundamentals of that sport, whatever it was. And it reminded us of the basic things that will work if you just apply them. So after all, that's what championship coaches do when they're sharpening the skills of their players. Whether they're rookies or seasoned veterans, they all go back to the basics. So that's what prompted me to go back to, our, to the source to the greatest leadership book ever written, and what's it called? The Bible. It absolutely is. Every leadership lesson I've ever taught, he was saying, uh, has been based on scriptural principles. Now, in the 21 most powerful minutes in a leader's day, I'm bringing the leadership contained in the Bible to the forefront by examining the lives of the Bible great leaders, and we can learn from more, more about leadership and applying the principles we learn uh, to our daily lives. And you're going to see, not only is there examples of leaders that led well, but then we're going to see some characteristics of leaders that did not lead well. I believe God has a purpose for all of our lives. And I do know this, that we need to follow God day by day to fulfill the length and the breadth and the depth and the height, everything God has called us to do. And I never want God to get frustrated at me because I'm not, I'm not modeling good leadership. Because even King Saul, he had a God-ordained call on his life, but because he listened to the voice of the people and went in a different direction than God, God took him down from leadership and replaced him. That's sobering. However, we're learning to do this better and better, so we don't have to be replaced. We can fulfill our function, which is valuable. So this, this book is a leadership development tool. It's not meant to just be rushed through and reading in one setting. It's designed to be consumed every day, digested slowly. So we're going to work on this book this year. So put um, in some place where you can conveniently read it. If you choose to do it, you can order them online, and it's very easy to, to get um, into your possession. So if you go through the process as I've intended, you'll spend the next 21 weeks working your way through the material. This book organized around the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. How many have read behind John Maxwell? Raise your hand. You want to write that uh, name down because he does some great leadership books. All, again, all biblically based. And each week we'll spend four days learning leadership from different figures. Every day focused on a predominant leadership thought uh, that, that's contained in this book. And then we'll act on it and we'll come up higher in our leadership. As we continue to learn on leadership, it's so important, like my husband said, because we lead ourselves first and foremost. And I know our heart's desire is to be better 
next year than we are this year. And that takes a process of being intentional and learning and being intentional in our learning. And one thing about leadership is the best leaders I have seen, they have purpose to walk in love in their leadership, to walk in humility, and to be a servant. Yeah. You know, sometimes when we talk about leadership, we get focused on how I'm leading and how people are following me. And that's not what leadership is about. When we're in leadership, we serve more. You know, it's not about a title. It's not about who we're leading because who we're leading is who we're serving. And so I love that aspect about leadership. But we want to talk to you tonight um, about the law of the lid. You know, we cannot attract people beyond our leadership. You know, we attract who we are. People have said before, well, I want to know what kind of person I am, what kind of personality, or how do people perceive me? Watch, look who you're hanging around, and that's who we are. You, you uh, become who you behold and hang around. So that's very important in leadership. It says leadership ability determines a person's level of effectiveness. And our end goal in this is to do more for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so why not grow in leadership? Because I want to do great things for God where he's placed me. You know, wherever God has placed us, that right there is your greatness. That's your place called there where you thrive and succeed. And you want to grow wherever that is, where that place is. It says success is within the reach of just above everyone. But personal success without leadership ability, brings only limited effectiveness. A person's impact is only a fraction of what it could be with good leadership. The higher you want to climb, the more you need leadership. And I would say this, the more you want to serve, the more you need leadership. The more we want to be effective in the things of God, we need leadership to learn and to grow. It's always good to be always learning and always growing um, and practicing, always reading a good book um, as far as that will sharpen your skills and your leadership and whatever uh, you are needing help in. The greater the impact you want to make, the greater your influence needs to be. Um, what I love about leadership was something needs to be done, we do it. We don't say, well, that's not in my job description. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is my title. I don't really, I mean, titles are for a purpose, but when people take it in a wrong direction to be all about me, it's all about I, and I've got this title, I've earned this degree, and we get into ourselves, that's really, begin. We, we fall short of the leadership that God has called us to. Leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. Your leadership ability, for better or for worse, always determines your effectiveness and the potential impact of your organization. Um, you know, like my husband said, the first person we lead is ourself. And how we are in the home affects where we are, where God has placed us. Because God sees behind the closed doors. Are we leading ourselves the way we're telling other people to live or tell them to act? 
Because we can't be living one way and telling people to do things God's way. Leadership begins at home with you yourself, if you have a family with your family, to really uh, do what God has called us to do. It's not just do what I tell you to do, don't do what I do. No, we live this every single day. We should live leadership and practice living in line with the word of God. The reach of the highest level of effectiveness, you have to raise the lid on your leadership ability. One thing a leader is doing is they're always learning, always growing. No one can grow for us, so we have to be intentional to put ourselves in places, whether it be different conferences or a book or even third Wednesday nights. We need to place ourselves in those positions so we can grow better in our leadership. I love this. Listen to this. The closer you walk with God, the less of a strut you will walk with and more of a limp you will walk with. How many know that is true? Because <laughs> it is not about us, but it is always about him. So in that leadership, let's just make sure we are keeping a heart of a servant, yeah. you know, um, a heart of humility. Never get to a place where I've already heard this before. I know everything about leadership there needs to be. If we get like that on any subject, we are starting to fall short of what we need to be doing. I'm going to read that again. Okay. The closer you walk with God, the closer you walk with God, the less of a strut you will walk with and more of a limp you will walk with. You remember when Jacob wrestled God all night long? Who thinks he's going to win that match? He came away with a limp. He came away with a brokenness. He came away to the point that his name was changed to Israel. You know, um, I hesitate to say some things because it's like I'm being critical, but I don't believe a leader should come off with an air of superiority. I think a leader needs to be authentic. I think a leader needs to be uh, relatable. I think that um, a leader should walk slow through the crowd. Uh, you're not the, there's no such thing as a leader that just hides out in his office or her office and then just shows up to minister because, look, behold, I have come. Listen to my words. I don't like that. Leaders have a responsibility. Leaders, there, there is a, um, when you follow the right leader, there is a godly fear and respect for that person. But they're not trying to become something and strutting around and, and you know, you got to drive this kind of car in order to be that type of leader and you got to have this or that or the other. Anyway, I mean, God wants to have good, nice things, but as long as those nice things don't have us. All right, so we're on, we're on day one still, and we're going to give an example of Saul and David and the law of the lid, okay? Think, think about the area you're leading in now, and, and you have a desire for leaders to follow you in fulfilling a mission or a plan or a goal, and, and you're at a, uh, there's, there's a level one leader that is the lowest level that you can be. And then there's a 10 level leader. Say that's like, man, that's like the very well 
trained, and effective leader. Now, what number would you like to attract in order for you to fulfill what God has for you to do? This is not a trick question. Don't you want a bunch of 10 people, 10 leaders? But here's my question. What level are you? Because if you're a five-level leader, you'll never attract a 10-level leader. You'll only attract four, three, two, one leadership ability. So that's why I'm always reading a book. We're always going to different places. My wife and I put ourselves in rooms that are bigger than ourselves. So that we can come back and we can, uh, you know, be able to fulfill what God wants us to do at a higher level. So leadership thought for today is every person has the potential the potential to become a leader. Every single one of us have a, have a potential to continue to grow toward that 10-level leadership. We'll never arrive, though, ever. If you think you have, uh, you haven't. But uh, every person has the what? The potential. You can stay where you are for the rest of your life, but that's what sometimes separates you from the crowd you're walking with. It's if they don't want to come up and live higher and, and do more and do better and be more effective, uh, well, then you'll just sort of go where that other group is. We're not trying to leave anybody behind at all, but everyone has the same potential to lead. Leadership is taking responsibility while others are making excuses. Thank you for all your expression here tonight. Uh, but I don't, it doesn't matter if you express yourself. But here, leadership is taking responsibility while others are making excuses. And you'll never change your life. Think about your life right now, what you like and what you don't like. You'll never change your life until you change something you do on a daily basis. The secret of your success is found in your daily routines. That's why you hear all the time, if you've been um, following Harvest Church, you're always going to hear five things. Well, really, it's six things. The first thing you need to do to be an effective person and leader is put the word first. Jesus is Lord. We follow his leadership. Secondly, we, we, uh, we have a good prayer life. We talk to God. We stay filled with the Spirit. Then third, we have good leaders over our life that are normally... The leaders that you follow should be above you and ahead of you, and you should follow their example. And I'll just tell you this right now, you're not, you're not going to catch me. It, that is not to boast. That's just to say, this time next year, I will be further along than I am now. Because I'm serving leaders beyond me, and I'll never catch them. Um, and then you follow, follow good associations. That's number four. Do y'all get that? What was number one? Putting the word first every day. Praying every day. Having good leadership over your life. Associations. And now, serve you to your destiny. And number six is do one through five consistently. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth. The truth will set you free. Mark my words. If you will follow my wife and I as we follow the Lord, you're headed for a raise. Money's not evil. The love of money is. And you're headed for promotion. How many like that? All right. If you want a promotion, guess what you need to do? Solve more problems. Stop being a problem and solve more. Thank you. Oops, that just came out. 
Um, looks can be deceiving. Talking about Saul and David, looks can be deceiving. Sometimes we look at a person and we assume that uh, they have everything it takes to be a great leader. And this was the case with Saul. Scripture tells us there was a man, this is uh, 1 Samuel 9, 1 and 2. There was a man of Benjamin whose name, um, whose name was Kish, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a, not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel, and from his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. How many have ever seen somebody that looks like their leader, and closer you get up to them, they're like, they can't even lead their own shadow. Right, it's not all about looks, it's not all about charisma, and, and uh, you know, when the people of Israel asked for a king, God gave them Saul, and everyone expected him to be a great leader. But the people looked at the outer appearance while God looks at the what? You might, you might seem to be the least likely to succeed, but if you'll follow me as I follow the Lord, and you'll follow these principles, all of a sudden, God's going to begin to breathe in your life. He's going to give you some responsibility to lead somebody in a positive direction because leadership is influence. I'm telling you right now, I'm asking you, if you have influence, how are you using it, either positive or negative? I believe we're stewards of the influence God gives us. That's why I don't, I don't get into a side business and get the whole church to sign up for my game. Because my influence needs to be to help you, to teach you the word, to teach you to be, you know, a doer of the word, all these things that we teach in the, in, in the house and mature. But I'm not trying to do a side hustle just for my gain because I have goodwill with people. I want to use that goodwill in the right way. Now, there's other pastors that disagree, and they, they do businesses and ministries. That's just it's between them and God. But I believe that influence is, is, is to be stewarded with the greatest honor and respect. So the people looked on the outward appearance, and, and uh, listen to this, though. It wasn't long before Saul, a man of power and potential, discredited himself and his leadership, and God chose a new leader in his place. He picked David, who was what? A man after God's own heart. And again, good leadership starts with our walk with God, and good leadership will continue to grow as we learn and we apply uh, the truth to our life, and then, then we use our influence in a positive way to lead toward a positive mission or vision or purpose or goal. So success is when I add value to myself. That's a good thing. But significance is when I value, I add value to others. Let me say it again. Success is when I add value to myself, but significance is when I add value to others. Every person that's assigned to my wife and I, we're pouring our life in, 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 into them. And, and as a matter of fact, we're doing that on Wednesday nights. We do it uh, every staff meeting. And also, my wife and I are, are teaching leadership to other pastors in every single month. Because we want to pour. We, everybody that comes into our, our responsibility to lead, we, we, we are to serve them the best we possibly can. 
and help them win and help them succeed and, and, and not be so insecure that someone couldn't be better at something than you. I'm trying to make everybody better than me. So they can fulfill their purpose. They're, the different giftings that God has enabled my wife and I to raise up over the years, they do their ministry a whole lot better than we could. You know, don't ever buy into the lie that you're not an influencer. You might be saying, well, I don't have a title. I don't have people I'm training. But if we realize people are looking into our lives and they're watching whether they say something or not. So we are all influencers everywhere we go. People are looking at our lives to see how we're leading ourselves, and truly if our walk lines up with our talk. Because it's not all about talk, but they want to see how you live. They want to see how you display love. They want to see how you um, react in um, a controversy situation yeah. or a heated moment. People are looking into your lives, and you're influencing someone in your life. You say it like this. Someone's eating from your tree right now. Someone's eating from your tree. So what seeds are being sown into their lives from you? You teach what you know, but you become what you are, or you duplicate what you are in others. Teaching's not, uh, not enough. There has to be good proven leadership behind it. So let's look at the two kings, Saul and David, and their leadership lids. Why Saul uh, failed as, king, as Israel's king, while David, who appeared to be weaker, succeeded. So it's not all about someone's persona, and they're just all charismatic, and they get their way to, you know, certain places and in certain people's lives. It has everything to do with our character. The answer can be found in the law of the lid. Leadership ability determines a person's level of effectiveness. While David tried to become a better leader and had many lid-lifting experiences, Saul's attitude kept the lid clamped down firmly on his leadership. Attitude is a big, big importance of how we are responding to things. You know, if we're leading or whatever we're doing, if we have a bad attitude about what we're doing, that affects us and our influence and our leadership. But his attitude was a, on Saul's life. It was a lid on his life because he had such a bad attitude in his leadership role. Listen to this. Both of these men received the same godly counsel. The anointing and opportunity given to Saul and David were strikingly similar. Both were anointed by Samuel, the last judge of the Hebrew nation, and both received the benefit of godly counsel. Saul received from Samuel and David from Samuel and then later Nathan, the prophet in his life. But look at how different their reigns were as monarchs. It's so interesting that even in a setting like this, that we can leave this place and you can ask different people what they got out of the service, and it's going to be totally different. And then you'll have some people say, well, I didn't get a thing, but you know what? That falls on us. 
Because like in leadership, as we're learning in leadership and in hearing the word of God or hearing to grow, it's what the effort you put in as well and leaning in to hear. Not just taking the time just to sit back and, you know, just chill and relax in this moment, but leaning in to be a participator of what is going on. Even in praise and worship, if we're just sitting and listening and we're not leaning in for ourselves, we get so much more when we put ourselves into what we're doing. And when we're learning in leadership, our relationship with God, it takes our part of, of being available, being open, being humble. Say, God, speak into my blind sides. Yeah. Tell me how I need to change. Because we all have blind sides. We have things in our life that we don't see about ourselves. So growing in any area of our life, it's good to have people and mentors in our life that can say, hey, you came off a little hard there. Maybe next time do it this way. Mm-hmm. It's so safe to have leaders and safe people that can speak into our lives. Mm-hmm. And David took this, he took this from his leaders. He learned, he wanted to grow. He, you know, he, it says that he put himself in those positions to learn and, and be a better leader, to remove any lids that he did have on his life. Because none of us are perfect. We all have areas in our life that we have lids, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean we can't grow from that point. Just because we've missed it or messed up, don't let that stop you from your purpose in everyday life. You keep leading yourself by the direction of God. You keep going. Just don't give up. Stay consistent. That is such a safe place to be. If you just won't give up on life, if you just won't give up on what God's called you to do, if you just won't give up on what you've been believing God for and you continue to get up every day and you continue, if you fall, just fall forward and keep going. Get right back up. Keep going. Don't get down on yourself about leadership because every one of us, including my husband and I, we're growing and we're learning, but we have to lean in And we have to have that humility to want to learn and to hear those areas in our own life that we need to correct. It goes on to say, Saul never really understood the nature of leadership. The day he was appointed king, he actually hid from the people. You know, when we don't feel like we know what we're supposed to do, doesn't mean we run and hide. We put ourselves in those places that we can learn. I believe he did that because he recognized the inability to lead. And a lot of times when we have insecurity in places in our lives, the worst thing we can do is run from a challenge, is run from um, some responsibility in our life. Just because we don't know how to do it now doesn't mean we can't learn and grow. But we're not going to get further in life by running and hiding and and not getting involved and not being and putting ourselves out there. Because that takes humility to do that and to learn and to grow. But after he tasted success in the battle, talking about Saul, he mistook his position as king for real leadership. Though he had the title, Saul had the power. He had the crown of a king. He never moved the monarchy beyond a charisma 
based judgeship. So it is not about our personality. I've seen some amazing, great leaders, and they were very um, meek and mild. But that is just, I mean, that doesn't mean that you're not powerful and, and, and good and, and, and the leadership that you're providing. Personality has nothing to do with leadership. He was made a general, Saul, but never attracted a large standing army. He created no organizational government to preserve the gangs. But when God no longer favored him, he thought just the title alone of king entitled him to continue leading. And that is such a misconception. We don't walk around with a title. We walk around to serve, to walk in love, to promote unity. Now, this is David on the other hand. David seized the opportunities to grow in his leadership. He learned to be a warrior. Now, listen to this very closely. This is Amazing. He built a standing army and conquered his enemies. He chose a city and captured it to become the nation's new capital. And then he built a lasting government there. Much of that he did before he ever had a title and sat on a throne. We don't need a title to do what God has called us to do, guys. (laughs) We don't need a title, but we carry ourselves in a way that is pleasing to God. And that is leading ourselves in a godly manner, leading ourselves at home. We are at home what we are in public. We don't live a contradicting lifestyle, but we live as unto God in the home and in public. From the beginning, all the people of Israel and Judah loved David. And I absolutely love this. Because it hurts my heart when you have people, they they only want to be in with the people that have a name. They only want to be in with people that have a title. They only want to be with people that are known, and that's what they go for. That is nauseating in the sight of God. Because every person is created by God. I love looking for the outcast. I love looking for the loner that feels like they don't fit in a place. I like looking for someone that feels like they don't fit to make sure they know that they are loved and you do fit. And this is what David did. He attracted citizens. He attracted warriors and leaders alike. And he led well. As the result of David's leadership, the people flourished. No matter wherever God takes you, just know this, no one is ever beneath you. No one is ever beneath you. Every single one of us are God's creation. And a part of our leadership is walking in that God kind of love that we see people, we see humanity, we don't see positions and titles, but we see people the way God sees people. So we can see that David learned and he applied these principles to his life and it, and it led to a very solid um, camp there. And number two, we're talking about two kings with different leadership leaders. Number one, both received counsel from godly men. Number two, both, both faced great challenges. 
Whether you like it or not, you're going to face great challenges as a person or a leader. Now, I heard it said like this, the road to the next level is always uphill. And if a team isn't moving up, then it is inevitably sliding back. You're never static. You're, you're either following God or you're backsliding. You're either distancing yourself from your past or you're falling back into your past. That's why when we get in with Jesus, we, we discipline ourselves. We, we become a disciple of Christ and we fulfill our purpose and destiny. But every leader faces obstacles, tests, and trials, and Saul and David sometimes face the same ones. Take Goliath, for example. When the huge Philistine offered to to fight Israel's champion, both Saul and David heard the warrior's challenge, but Saul, Israel's greatest warrior, who rightfully should have faced Goliath in battle, reacted by hiding in fear. But David a mere boy, was eager to face the challenge and win honor for God. What was Saul's reaction? He offered David his armor. Well, why not? Saul wasn't going to use it himself. But then, but then David said, I've not proven this armor. I can't wear this armor. I've got to do what I did when I defe- defeated the lion and the giant and the bear with his slingshot. While others wait to see what's going to happen, leaders step forward and rise to the challenge. Good leaders make good things happen with their influence. Then finally, number three, both had the choice to change and grow. The two men's very different reactions when confronted with their shortcomings capture the two natures of Saul and David. When Saul disobediently made a burnt offering to God, Samuel rebuked him. The scripture is silent on what followed. There's no record of sorrow or repentance by Saul. But instead, the narrative continues with Saul's campaign against the Philistines. Evidently, he kept going on the same course. It's a real sad situation when God has removed his hand off somebody, but they still try to lead with a position. Every position takes God. Every position, we ought to say every day, God, I need you more today. I, I, don't, I don't have it all together. I mean, I help me. David's reaction to his sin, on the other hand, remember, was remarkably different. After David committed adultery with Bathsheba, he sent her husband to the front lines to death. Nathan confronted him, but here's what happened. The king sorrowfully repented. And he so proved himself clear of that matter and that wrong by repenting and getting it right with God that God was able to say, David, a man after my own heart. I tell you what, that's redemption. God is a God of the many second chances over and over again. And as we conclude tonight... David's interaction with Nathan is representative of his attitude during his life. He was never afraid to admit his shortcomings, ask God's forgiveness and blessing, and improve himself. It is a reason the lid on his leadership 
kept getting lifted to higher and higher places. We all, the biggest room that we'll ever be in is the room of improvement. Let's improve every single day. How many are going to get better because we're here tonight? How many are going to be doers of this word? It'll help you and it'll take you places that you desire to go. We can all learn from David if we want to reach out or our potential as leaders and become the person God wants us to be. Then we need to lift the lids on our lives. That's the only way we can go to the next level. So guess what? No matter what level you are right now, the next level is waiting on you and what you do. Would you stand with me, please? Quick question I'll conclude on. Is in your leadership, have you been more like David or more like Saul? Make a quick change today. Let's be like David. A leader lives, a leader lives with the people to know their problems, but a leader lives with God in order to solve them. So tonight, let's pray as we get ready to go. Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for a pause in our schedules to learn more about leadership. My wife and I are first partakers of what we've taught tonight. And Father, we thank you for helping us to improve. Help us to locate our level of leadership and so we can continue to learn and strive for the next level of improvement, of discipline, of keeping consistency in our lives. And Father, I thank you for it. For anyone here tonight that might have felt guilty from their past, from how they messed up, well, David did. And he got it right with God. And he served his generation thoroughly. And Father, we just ask you tonight, if anyone's in here that has condemnation or shame and guilt, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me? Say, God, I've missed it. I'm so sorry. With your help, I'm going to make adjustments and I'll prove myself clear of this matter. And with your help, produce good fruit because I know someone's eaten from my tree. In Jesus' name, amen.